Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Today I have an outstanding guest. His name is Steve Miff. He's the president and CEO at PCCI. The mission at PCCI is to reimagine and expand the knowledge base of healthcare through prescriptive analytics and artificial intelligence to deliver precision medicine. Steve has been in healthcare for many years and has held various leadership roles at SG2, Vizient, among others. And what I'm going to do is just pass over the mic to Steve so he could fill in any of the gaps in his intro that I may have missed. Steve, welcome to the show. So thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you and your audience. The only other things that I would add is that uh, I, I ended up uh, dabbling on a whole bunch of things uh, throughout my career. And uh, some of the things that stand out to me that's been uh, very beneficial to my learning, my growth, is the time I spent at the Re- Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago working on designing prosthetics and orthotic devices for veterans returning from home combat. That was uh, extremely rewarding. It uh, really shaped my thinking and my focus uh, forward from that. Also, the time that I spent as a senior examiner with the Baldridge office, what I found really useful about that was being able to understand and look at other leading organizations outside of healthcare and uh, thinking about how we can apply those concepts back to what we do within healthcare. So I would highly recommend leaders looking into that. I found it very rewarding. And then I ended up teaching a course in Northwestern in the biomedical engineering department for five years and thoroughly enjoyed that and uh, trying to expand uh, and influence the the future generations in healthcare. And that was uh, fun uh, doing it. What course did you teach, Steve? It was an introduction to biomechanics that really spanned from sophomores to seniors. Uh, Sophomores was the the students that were overly ambitious and seniors were the the ones that thought they're going to just cruise through an uh, intro course. Very interesting. (laughs) What's interesting is that you go from this biomedical engineering, mechanically focused type of uh, role into more of a software type of application now. And and so it'll be interesting to dive into that in in the interview. But I did want to ask you, you know, why did you decide to get into this sector to begin with? You know, the focus within the sector is something that's evolved over time. But being part of healthcare, I think it's been ingrained within me since early age. I, I come from a family of physicians. So everything in our household revolved around healthcare and taking care of people. I just took a path that's a bit more convoluted than most in, in my career, but, but I really knew from an early stage and an early age that I wanted to be in healthcare and also that I wanted to work with people. So um, I always wanted to be able to help people either directly or indirectly at what I think it's one of the most vulnerable times in their lives. And that is when they or their loved ones have a medical issue. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we take uh, health for, for granted until it's not there. And then we, when we do have a problem, probably one of the most important, one of the most vulnerable times in our lives. So as you described, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to explore a number of different aspects in healthcare with this whole ecosystem before kind of settling in uh, in the analytics space. And I think it's the, all those experiences uh, along the way that have really shaped and helped me decide where I can make the biggest impact. And it sort of really brought together both the experiences on the delivery side from, you know, working in an inner city hospital operating room, working the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago, also doing early stage, uh, you know, bench research, spent time with the 
National Institute of Standards and Technology doing DNA research and also working directly with patients. And that sort of helped me focus that where I could make the biggest impact. What I enjoy uh, spending time was really focusing on how do you apply analytics and enable a better delivery of healthcare. That's very interesting. And you mentioned something that really sticks out, Steve, is that this is a time in a patient's life or really in a person's life where they're the most vulnerable and and with the stats that are staggering what is something like two out of three bankruptcies happen because of healthcare reasons and just being able to make medicine better through analytics is a truly interesting thing and what you folks are doing over there at pcci what do you think a hot topic that should be on every medical leader's agenda today and How's PCCI tackling it? Yeah, I think the, the biggest and most important question that as a whole industry we need to solve is how do we deliver more precision medicine? How do we individualize what we do for that person and for their family, their loved one? I think we need to do that through both advanced analytics and also through engaging others beyond the healthcare providers in the community so that we can currently address the social determinants of health. I feel the healthcare delivery has been somewhat fragmented and a bit reactive in the delivery approach. So for the most part, and I think this applies both of, uh, as us and individuals, but as an industry as a, as a whole, we mm-hmm. wait for something to go wrong and then we try to address it. So to me at its core, healthcare lacks the focus on delivering personalized and precision medicine. And I believe that this can only be done through a combination of engaging a whole community to address social determinants of health in addition to developing these you know, analytics to personalize the, the outreach. How do we engage individuals themselves into their own care as well? And you said, I mean, we know from literature that 50% of clinical outcomes are actually driven by social, economic, or environmental factors. And, you know, it's up to 80% of preventable death each year are rooted in modified behavior. So I think we need to do this better if we're going to make an impact. That's a great point, Steve. And one of the common objections that you hear from folks is, hey, this is just not reproducible. This is not something scalable. What would you say to that? I would say to that that uh, it's not easy. Right. But I think it definitely can be reproducible and scalable. It's just something that we have not had as much experience with in healthcare. And, you know, just like with everything else, when there's something new and you're trying to bring together different stakeholders that have uh, different focus areas and different backgrounds, it's not easy. And, you know, at PCCI, we've been on a mission, as you said, to create these connected communities because it takes, to me, it takes a whole community to really be able to address and be able to improve outcomes for individuals. And we've approached it from the perspective of leveraging a smart technology platform to connect health systems and health providers to these community social services and to help address these challenges in sort of in a, in a new way, in a transformative way. And in partnership with our sister company, Pieces Technologies, and through um, early support through the Caruth Foundation, we've been developing a Dallas information exchange portal that truly at its core is a case management software. And it's called Pieces Iris, and it's meant to help make these digital connections and sharing on, on information. So Iris at the core, it's a case management tool. The case managers on the hospital side or health plan side as well as caseworkers in the social service agencies can use to manage and track information about their clients. 
I think what's important for it is to be fully customizable on the front end. So it makes sense to the different users for the different cases that they're trying to use it for, like providing food or housing or job sharing, client tracking across the agencies. But at the same time, the back end of the software needs to translate and be standardized so that right. the data to facilitate this meaningful transfer and sharing needs to be in place. So that's really where we started and are currently working with obviously Parkland Healthcare System. We're working with two large umbrella organizations in Dallas, the North Texas Food Bank that has over 200 of these community-based locations as well as the Metro Dallas Homeless Alliance has over 30 organizations. And the exciting part is that this early work has received some national attention and just last month we found out that we were awarded the track three of the Accountable Health Communities grant. And through this now we're expanding the and reach the broader Dallas community. And in addition to Parkland, we're integrating Baylor, Methodist, MetroCare, Children's along the side of the up to 300 of these community-based organizations. So it's an, an, you know, it's an exciting journey. Steve, congratulations on that. I wasn't aware that you received that honor. And so kudos to you and your team. You guys are, are working hard. How many folks are are on your team? We have 30 individuals, so we're 30 individuals strong. We tend to be uh, very uh, heavy from a uh, education and experience perspective. We have 11 full-time physicians and PhDs on staff, eight full-time physicians, various backgrounds from epidemiology to pediatrics, oncology, primary care and population health. We also have a team of eight data scientists that are training the latest artificial intelligence, predictive analytics, NLP methodology. So the combination uh, to us, it's, it's really powerful to be able to really focus on real problems that the organization are experiencing today, but bring a very innovative uh, data science approach to how we solve those problems. You have a powerhouse team over there, Steve. <laughs> it sounds like you guys are doing some amazing things. And as we dive into this idea of reaching out and getting data points, even outside of the healthcare institution, can you give the Outcomes Rocket listeners an example of how you and the team over there at, at PCCI have created results by doing things differently? Absolutely. Let me also go back to a previous question that you had around how hard or how easy is, is doing this. And I can tell you that creating these connected communities and using cognitive computing of artificial intelligence to really then optimize this is not easy by any stretch. And that, that's why we probably haven't seen as much progress today. You know, we discussed there's a huge community need. It requires really large upfront investments. We've been investing up to $10 million in this Dallas community to be able to stand this up. It requires unique technical and data science expertise. And the other part about it is that it does not have an immediate commercial value application from a fee-for-service or a revenue growth perspective. So you put all those things together and said, like, well, who in the right mind would be able to take this on? So you do need to have community leaders that have a, you know, a, they, you have a shared vision. So you need to have those initial philanthropic and grant funding to be able to build the initial infrastructure. So, you know, we mentioned that within Dallas, we've been very fortunate to have initially the Carruth Foundation and others to help us with this. But then it's also the challenge of standing this up goes beyond technology and analytics and requires a lot of legal, a lot of human interaction, a lot of cultural changes, processes and workflows around data sharing is how do you actually leverage these. So, I can tell you that we spend as much time on building the technology as we spend on these non-technology items. So that's significant as well. And we're in the process of actually 
uh, documenting that to create a, a playbook of how this can be replicated in, in other markets. But it also takes time. And to me, this is a perfect example of from business school, the network externalities or the demand side economic, economies of scales, because the value becomes exponential or increases when you have additional participants. So it takes time until you have enough of the both providers and the community-based organizations to be part of this system until there's exponential value for the whole community and the whole market. So it takes time to build it one piece at a time. Absolutely. And that's interesting, right? Because when you have an idea that works, you also have to take into consideration the community, the culture, and the human factor along the way. And oftentimes that's the most difficult part about change, dealing with the human factor. That's absolutely right. And the other part is it also requires addressing each stakeholder in this connected system. And let me give you an example to the, based on your question of how we've done this and the results they've achieved. One of the key populations that we focused on, and this was done in collaboration with the Parkland Community Health Plan, really leverage this concept and leverage this uh, structure and ecosystem was focusing on the pediatric asthma population. Okay. So what we did is we took a multi-stakeholder engagement approach. So first, we built a predictive model to help create risk profiles for each individual based on their condition, medical history, living environments, the, obviously the environmental factors, et cetera. We also created analytics and processes to engage what we consider to be three key stakeholders in this process. One was the case managers, two, the physicians themselves, and three, the patients and their family. So for the, for the case managers, we provide a workable, prioritized list and multi-level reporting. So they know who they should actually prioritize and reach to first, those individuals that are the highest risk of their condition deteriorating and requiring more intensive interventions. For physicians, we created a provider scorecard and point of care alerts directly into their EHR and workflows. So when a high risk individual shows up in their offices, regardless whether they come there for the asthma, they know that this is a individual that's at high risk for asthma and they can actually concurrently address and take care of any follow-up of any medication at that point as well. And then for children, their parents who leverage a texting platform to reach them in their community in their home, and remind them about their self-care, remind them about their medication and any medical appointments, but also survey them on an ongoing basis about their asthma condition. So we use all this information to then further refine in real time the predictive models and create alerts for case managers, alerts for the physicians, for these high-risk patients. And by taking this multi-pronged approach, that the results have been great. We've seen a 33 to 50% increase in the asthma controller medication prescription. So that, that's important, more are receiving the right prescription. 15% increase in the asthma medication ratio, which is a core reporting metric. But, but also, I think this is also sort of that uh, interact impact. There's been a 30% drop in asthma emergency department visits and a 40% drop in annual rates of inpatient admissions. So you're reducing Huge. utilization, you're reducing costs, reducing the burden of these children needing to come to the emergency room or be actually admitted in the hospital. So you're kind of addressing multiple things at the same time. You're reducing costs, you're improving care, and that's what's been, uh, been exciting to actually see those results come in. That's outstanding, Steve, just to, to hear those numbers and and to learn that, that you guys are making these improvements 
One of the things that was really moving, and if the folks haven't heard about PCCI, I definitely recommend that you check out their website. It'll be in the show notes. It's pcci.pieces.org. Don't worry about writing it down. It will be in the show notes. But if you check out their video, they have a video about what they're all about. And it's this idea of what spaceship was it, Steve? Voyager. The Voyager. And uh, if you guys know about the Voyager, they launched it and they didn't know what they were going to get. But to their surprise, it kept going and going and it's still out there. And we continue to collect data from this Voyager that was sent out there. And analogously, the folks at PCCI have begun their voyage and it's the beginning of many generations of work. And so I was moved by this vision that Steve and his team have created. And, and Steve, what else would you highlight there in, in that video that the folks could uh, tap into? I think it's this whole idea of in order to innovate and in order to discover, you need to sometimes take a leap. So we think about that uh, constantly in our environment and at the same time is to be able to be really practical in our approach. And what I mean by that is not try to solve problems that people don't know they have. Right. But look at the, the real problems that exist today in healthcare in the community and try to solve those in new ways and try to do those and be able to do those better. And to me, with that comes failure and not to be afraid to fail. And boy knows that uh, I feel probably too many times to count in my career. <laughs> but uh, what I learned is to embrace failure and use it to our advantage. So part of our innovation process at PCCI, we use an, an agile development process and leverage the concept of fail early and fail often. That's become part of our culture since in order to really be able to innovate, you need to be able to take chances and try new things and new ways of solving problems. And it's okay to fail, but you want to do it early. You want to do it early in the innovation process and the development cycle. And you want to do it quickly and iterate through your models to improve them before you even build the prototypes. I think to me, part of our mission and our ability to do work is not only to develop new things, but share in the knowledge that we generate. Because sometimes knowledge comes from trying things that don't work out. Steve, what a great transition here as we talk about failure. You know, we often learn more from failure than success. Can you share a specific moment that you guys made a mistake or failed and, and what you took out of it? Absolutely. A time in my career, I was describing this, this process when I probably didn't do this as well, was back in 2008, 2009 timeframe when I was the vice president of strategy and the clinical analytics at SG2. And we built an algorithm for a value index that's what we're calling it. Uh, we're calling the SG2 value index. They use data to evaluate and really understand the value delivered by a system or a market and have proxies for the care that's being delivered during the pre-acute phase, during the hospital stay, as well as during the post-acute phase. And including metrics on preventable ambulatory sensitive conditions, you know, the inpatient cost, operational metrics, uh, readmission calculations before there were any readmission penalties or a lot of focus on these metrics. And boy, was I excited about this. And it was really powerful and elegant in both, you know, design and simplicity. And you can really nicely see, see variation in care, the twin point opportunities for improvement and care coordination, both at the enterprise level and disease management level. But we launched the product line and it didn't take off the way we thought it would by any stretch. 
And as we look back at it, the market was just not ready to do something about it. And there weren't yet financial penalties or incentives to take on these problems. So it was a good lesson learned that sometimes it's read obvious, but sometimes this leader would tend to ignore the logical. I learned that just because you have a solution to a big problem and a big challenge, if there's no incentive to change, the commercial market would not adopt it. You can't build nice-to-haves or interesting solution and expect to be successful. I think going back to the concept that innovation needs to be grounded in solving real problems. So that was definitely one of the lessons. And the good part about it is that the organization sort of kept that uh, product on the back burner and continued to offer its options to organizations. In the last couple of years, there's uh, really came back around and now there's a ton of interest on it. So sometimes you need to also be patient. Right. It's the, the right timing, making sure that if something doesn't work out, don't just pan it, you know, maybe put it in the back burner and you'll be able to bring it back in a future date. That's right. That's exactly right. Steve, with all the changes that have happened, we had Affordable Care Act, a lot of changes coming up now. How do you feel about the future for solutions like these? I think it's a, it's a super exciting time to be in healthcare. And those of us that live it every day, sometimes we lose track of the fact that I think we're making great progress. I think more than in the past, increasingly we're being much more aligned in our efforts between the different entities in healthcare, between you know, providers, uh, health systems, payers. I think we're starting to make progress on how do we engage individuals. I think we're definitely in consumerism in healthcare. We're definitely early in that. But we're on a trajectory, I think, as an industry to completely change the way we're delivering care and do it in a way that continues to improve outcomes, improve safety, but also addressing the individual needs, addressing the how do we actually work with others and through that reduce the cost of healthcare as well. That's awesome. So what would you say your proudest medical leadership experience to date has been? And maybe because sometimes it's your most recent experiences that, that stand out you know, in your in your mind. But really, I can honestly say that joining the PCCI team as their new president and CEO this past January, it's been one of my proudest the moments. And while I'm early in my tenure here, I so strongly believe in what we do. I'm excited about the impact that we're making in the community. I'm exactly when I want to be in my career and feel that all the diverse experiences I've accumulated over the time have finally merged into sort of this one unique opportunity. I'm really proud to be able to work for a nonprofit that focuses on reimagining and expanding the knowledge base in healthcare and make visible impacts on individuals, both here in Dallas and beyond. And, you know, I'm also very excited to work on, a, on the leading edge of healthcare analytics and be part of a team of just really exceptional individuals using cognitive computing, artificial intelligence to solve large health and social challenges. It's, it's really exciting. So I really like being part of a, a small but growing organization, have the opportunity to build an environment and a culture that, that thrives and innovates, and discovers, and it's fun. So that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm actually living it. <laughs> now is the time. That's awesome. And tell us a little bit about a project that you guys are working on today that you're excited about. Let me highlight this in the context of our journey, since I'm not only excited about what, what we're currently working on, but also where we're going. And there are really four key areas of where our work really focuses on. And one is about 
building the, the hospital of the future. And that's really how do we use this advanced analytics to better enable delivery of care when patients are in the hospital. Anywhere from early warning systems or work that we've done on early identification of patients who are susceptible of developing sepsis so we can intervene on those patients uh, earlier through predicting and preventing mortality in the emergency department, et cetera. Number two is then how do we connect these hospitals, hospital systems, as we talked about, with the community-based organizations. And I talked a little bit about the journey there is to, now that we've proven that concept between Parkland and the local community-based organizations, expanding to the broader Dallas area, and then expanding and deploying and testing these in other geographies across the country. I think that's where we start to really have a more national impact. But also concurrently, we're looking at what other nodes across this community and these local geographies are important to connect. And one of the ones we're focusing on next is skilled nursing facilities. And not only how do we actually better connect the hospitals to the skilled nursing facilities, but connect these skilled nursing facilities to the community-based organizations themselves, so better facilitate other nodes within this continuum of care. The third key area is really it's how do we optimize and personalize these connected systems for individuals with that are part of high-risk populations, whether it's the pediatric population, the geriatric population, veterans, etc. And we're also focusing on individuals with mental and behavioral health and substance abuse as a large underlying condition that a connected uh, ecosystem uh, can really help. And also, and, and how do we use unique technologies to create this connection? I mentioned the texting platform, but one of the exciting, uh, I think, and innovative projects that we're working on is looking at how we can use something like the um, Amazon Echo, Alexa, into a patient's home to create that bi-directional exchange in information, particularly for individuals with mobility challenges and those that tend to be socially isolated because a voice-activated component can really help those individuals. So we're in the process of deploying this in a community focusing on individuals that are at high risk of readmissions, as well as individuals that receive self-administered antibiotics at home, and use technology to provide them with reminders about the discharge instructions. As we all know, the last 15 minutes of a hospital stay, you inundated with a lot of information, you probably don't remember most of it. Mm -hmm. So actually being able to have Alexa remind you about what instructions were given in your home, it's a great way to do it. Number two is, uh, yeah, survey individuals about their health. So understand how their condition changes over time and how they feel. And number three, for some of these, they're frequently asked questions that currently individuals call a hotline that Alexa itself can be pre-programmed to develop or to provide guidance. So, you know, unique ways of how do you actually use technology to be able to reach individuals in their home and connect them more directly with this larger ecosystem. That's fascinating. And you ran through several different things that we could probably do a show on each one of the things that you just <laughs> talked about. But the one piece of encouragement that I'd give to the listeners is that the team over there at PCCI is working on some fascinating things that are not only fascinating, but they're also highly applicable. And the encouragement that I'd give to you is reach out to the folks at PCCI and see what collaboration you guys could enter into because it's an innovation hub over there. They're thinking up a lot of great things that potentially you could apply at your healthcare organization. And 
Steve, would you invite people to reach out to you? Oh, absolutely. So thank you for that. We would uh, be happy to get on the phone or host people here in our offices. I believe that we can only make measurable progress in healthcare if we work together. So collaboration is a key element of our value, and I look forward to learning from others and really figure out where we can leverage our uh, unique expertise to, to help others advance what they're trying to do. Steve, I was recently uh, interviewing a gentleman from a facility out west, Stanford, and they were really kind of walking through some of the key aspects of this integration of the hospital and the community. And I think that's a guy I'll put you in touch with because it, the mind is heading in that same track. And I know that he's not the only one, you're not the only one that are thinking this way. And so Outcomes Rocket listeners, take Steve up on the offer He's looking for collaborators, and the more people that get involved in this project and this idea, the faster we'll be able to reach that tipping point. Steve, let's get into a fun part of the interview here. We're going to build a medical leadership course syllabus together. It's basically what it takes to be successful in medicine. It's the 101 course of Steve Miff. <laughs> so let's write out the syllabus together, and I'm going to ask you four questions. It's kind of like a lightning round, so just give me some quick answers, and then we'll finalize it with the book that you recommend for our listeners to read. You ready? Cool. Yeah, I'm ready. Awesome. So what is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Let's say work upstream and concurrently address social determinants of health. Love it. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid while doing that? I would say innovate but focus on real problems at the point of care. Don't try to convince people that they have a problem to solve or they need to change and involve all stakeholders in the solution and the concept design. Like it. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? We need to be both a listening and learning organization. So stay connected to patients, stay connected to the community, to providers, to the industry, payers, and to the government because there are a lot of times they dictate the direction that we're going. And you know, focus who you are and what you do best and stay true to that. We're an innovation early stage R&D organization and we leverage deep clinical expertise and leading data science. So for us to be relevant, we need to be thought leaders in these areas. Excellent. And finally, what is one area of focus that should drive all else in your hospital or company? I say start with our people. So creating a sustainable culture and organization is the most important part. We're focusing on three things, people, product, and funding. They're all interrelated. But to me, the focus starts with our people. Start with the people. And Steve, what book would you recommend our listeners to add to the syllabus? It might be unusual, but probably one that most folks are familiar with. And even if you read it, I would suggest read it again. And that is The Band of Brothers by Stephen Ambrose. And really? I don't know what the, you know, I was just, in, I'm inspired today because it is Z-Day. But this came to mind because it's a reminder of the sacrifices people make on behalf of others. It's around collaboration to me. It's coming together, rising to the occasion, and giving all you have to make a difference. So that's why I chose it. It's just sort of that's when you, when you ask, that's the first one that came to mind. I love it. I, I haven't read it, and now it's on the list, so thank you for recommending it. Yeah, this, the HBO created a, a series out of it as well. And the, oh, they did? The, yeah, they're both equally good. Huh, I'll have to check that out as well. So Steve, before we conclude, I'd like for you to just share one closing thought and then the best place that the listeners could get a hold of you. Yeah, I think uh, either through a website, I think uh, direct email at steve.mif at uh, pcciepieces.org. 
my cell phone works all the time as well. So happy to provide that number as well. So, but I would say uh, reach out. I think your questions around uh, how do you stay relevant with the organization? I strongly believe that the more we learn from each other and the more we collaborate, the bigger impact we can make in, in healthcare. We're a not-for-profit organization that have some unique capabilities and we're very uh, willing and excited to work with others and uh, help to advance these uh, either in Dallas or, or beyond. So uh, I look forward to hearing from folks and uh, hopefully finding some meaningful things where we can collaborate on. That's outstanding, Steve. And all of Steve's contact info that he just shared, along with any resources that we talked about on the show, we'll, you'll find it on our website, outcomesrocket.com. Just type in the search bar, Steve Myth, and you'll see this episode come on up. And uh, the beauty of the episodes is, is that they're all on demand. So you could listen in at your own convenience. And so Steve, I uh, just wanna, once again, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, being with us on the show today. I really appreciate the conversation and I know that it's gonna create a positive ripple effect for the listeners and leaders on, that are tuning in. So once again, I just wanna give you a big thanks for being on the show. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. And I look forward to learning from the other leaders that you've been engaging as well. So uh, thanks for doing this and uh, greatly appreciate it. Get excited for Health 2.0's 11th Annual Fall Conference and save $100 with this promo code, FALL17ROCKET. That's F-A-L-L-1-7-R-O-C-K-E-T. one seven R O C K E T. At this one-of-a-kind conference, you'll discover the latest innovation and hear the hottest topics and trends in health tech. Join 2,000 decision makers, including healthcare providers, developers, investors, and startups, as they gather to see over 200 live product demos, 100-plus thought leaders, and 10 new company launches. Visit outcomesrocket.com slash health20. That's outcomesrocket.com slash health20. And use promo code FALL17ROCKET to get $100 off of this outstanding and exciting event. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.